Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about growing careers in 2020 and what to avoid. Yeah. Um, so the watchword for careers in 2020, watch words, are flexible and remote. Today, nearly two-thirds of U.S. companies have employees who work remotely. By 2025, research indicates that the number will be equal to or surpass employees in fixed office locations. So I think... Uh, you know what I... Sorry to cut you off, but uh, you, you, you got me uh, transfixed on flexible. I like that word, flexible. Yeah. Like when someone asks me, what's my greatest attribute? It's flexible. 
<laughs> it does. It doesn't mean anything. They're just like no. It means what? absolutely nothing. I like to tell people I'm very open minded, and I stare at them when I say it. So a lot of thoughts, and you don't you don't blink. No, I'm very open minded. <laughs> so <laughs> they might be thinking a sexual situation. They're not sure how to take that. I like that one. Um, I like that too. So I think employees and employers are looking for. Well, you look at Uber, you look at Lyft. I mean, they their whole thing is flexible hours. Make your own hours. Of course, that's always to me code for. Um, part-time and you're kind of on your own sort yeah, no of no health insurance no health insurance no, no 401k no no so um i mean there's definitely benefits you know some people really benefit from that they're trying to be actors or writers they're in the arts you know uber lyft can provide a living i mean it's not great you could probably make a thousand bucks a week it's a it's a side hustle yeah of course some people they've adopted it as their main job but you know um each their own so these are um careers that uh you know if you're graduating from college whether you're 22 or you're 42 or 62 and uh you've decided to finish your degree or or maybe you're going into thinking about or you're starting to think about something um you know people go into or they graduate from high school and obviously the answer is what am i going to do with the rest of my life a lot of people don't want to come out massive i would say nobody wants to come out massively in debt and then kind of see that there's not a whole lot of you know the jobs don't pay that much and they're going to be saddled with debt and it's not something they wanted to really do anyway um so, you know, I think I always tell kids that I teach, like they talk about certain jobs. I'm like, look, go to an office where someone does that job or their job site, whatever they do, and spend like three days there. Ask them if you can. And, and, and prepare to be depressed. And see exactly what they do. Because oftentimes it is not what you think it is. Or there's a lot of things that are, uh, you know, there's stuff you got to do that goes with the job that's not exactly advertised with the well, job. Well, people, you know? I mean, people will watch like a TV series or a mover, LA a Law. movie. Right. And the way a lawyer, I was going to say, the way a lawyer's depicted seems very glamorous. You know, they're barely in the office. They're driving in their Porsche, mingling with clients. If you're a, if you're a lawyer, you better like to read you better like to read like a lot and the a lot worst a lot a lot stuff that no one would ever want to read contracts uh depositions i mean just the most dry and you're looking for like the like the meaning of each word and to make sure that you're covered and your clients covered oh and you can't no you can't just scam you know skim over it you you got to look at every single word, and if there's a shall or or a should, you got to change that to shall because should means legally you don't have to do anything. The other right. person. And that's why most people don't read the terms and conditions. That's why they pay lawyers so on much because they on will. a website it's unreadable. Oh, it's unre- Yeah, and it's meant to be that way. So I would just say, like, you know, there's there's two sides to it. One is what do you want to do, and the, the other side of the coin is 
people have to earn a living. So practically speaking, these are some jobs that are, are defined as flex jobs. Now, some of them don't quite sound like flex jobs to me, but in any event, however, I guess you would define that. Um, so number one, these are not in any particular order. Maybe I did order them according to sell. No, I didn't really. Um, and some of them don't have great salaries. I but think I think you order you uh, you list them in order of how much they are up. Maybe like, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So home health aides that's up thirty seven percent. Now at that job you're only going to make twenty four thousand dollars a year, um, but it might be like a springboard to something else. You know, if you're trying to I don't know be a nurse or something like that perhaps um let's see number two was information security analyst that's up 32 percent at ninety-eight thousand dollars a year that makes a lot yeah, of that's, sense uh, that's the front line for the hackers right and everybody's so uh worried about their information being hacked and yet everybody puts their information online it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy which creates a whole new job market so 98000 a year, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of change, but i got to imagine that job's, I don't want to say boring, but it's probably a lot of staring at information that is, uh, you've got to have a certain pretty, mindset it's pretty tedi- it. yeah, It's tedious, pretty tedious. tedious I would yeah. say. Uh, a physician's assistant, up 31%, at $108,000 a that's year. That's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely food for thought. Uh, statistician up 31% at $87,000 a year. Now, that's a pretty vague job description. No, well, it's not even a yeah, job that's, description. Uh, that's as general as you can get. I don't know exactly what you do or who you work. I guess you would work for a company and, and do research and break it down into numbers, I guess, and look at trends. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's, I it's a wide range of what a stati- statistician could do. They could work for... You're the government, they could work for a nonprofit, they can work for a for profit. Well, the government yeah. is always collecting statistics, so I assume. You know, but even like. You or know, anybody you know, is always collecting statistics. Yeah, manufacturing, farm. It's probably a lot tech. of like data analysis, I would imagine, that kind of thing. You know, looking at yeah. websites. And I mean, <laughs> I could envision being stuck in a windowless government office that's painted gray and hunched over a computer, like just crunching, pressing buttons. crunching the old numbers. But hey, a lot of jobs are not very glamorous. Uh, nurse practitioner, up 27% at $107,000 a year. Now, I don't know. I know there's got to be differences between like a physician's assistant and nurse practitioner. I'm not exactly sure what they are. Uh, pretty close in salary, which is a good salary. Yeah, both um, both six figures. Yeah. Speech pathologist, up 27%, $77,000 a year. That seems like, you know, I that work in education. Yeah, I'm not sure if these are averages or if that's after 20 years or something like that. But again, most people who are speech pathologists work with schools. Or maybe hospitals or things like that. 
I mean, I guess you could. I don't know. Maybe there are niches. Yeah, but maybe a, maybe a speech pathologist, like at a school district, could, you know, there could be one for like three schools or five schools, you know? Yes, that, right, exactly. Um, and maybe that one is so specialized that they get paid more money. I, I mean, I don't know. One thing I'll throw in there is special education teachers. That, that field is growing, uh, it seems, exponentially because more and more kids are on individualized education plans and uh, on 504s which has to do with uh, not educational issues but more social emotional issues so that that's becoming a, a growing field um, genetic counselors up 27% at $80,000 a year I have no idea what a genetic counselor does I don't either is that like I mean, genetic, I assume, are genes, and they, I don't know. Yeah, but who are they counseling? I don't know. know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no idea. Um, Number eight, mathematician. Again, a rather broad um, area, up 26% at $101,000 a year. Again, I guess you would go work for maybe a government agency or something like that, and Oh, you could work Crunch in their uh, numbers. accounting, I guess, you know, accounting, finance, uh, yeah. aerospace. I mean, there's a whole bunch of math is at the basis of, a, I mean, yeah. pretty much any industry. Yeah. Operations research analysts up 26 percent at eighty three thousand dollars a year. Uh, I assume, again, you would work for a company and see what they do and how they do it. Soft. Yeah, you would you would work in operations, and you would try to you would analyze the data, and try to make it more efficient. Like, see which workers see that that always scares me because I would immediately be trimmed. I'd be the fat. Yeah, I'm the fat. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, like say you had like a trucking component, the shipping, and you you were trying to you know Streamline optimize it. each. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, it's 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 another sleeper. See, that scares me because I'm like, I like being the guy who sort of has not really well defined tasks. I just kind of float around, not yeah. a lot of yeah, responsibility. What does Matt? What does Matt do? Right, <laughs> right. And I have a very convoluted answer to that that I've devised. You know, I. Well, I like the title for you would be like something like so vague, no one could really understand it. Like head of people. Yeah. Like, you oversee, sounds like human resources, it could be like part cheerleader, but you could literally go into work and just talk crap all day. How about chief morale officer? That's what I'm talking about. I like that one. I'm going to write that one down. Chief 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 morale morale officer. It's a cheerleader. I organize the, like... uh, you know, the uh, team building events and things like that. Chief morale officer. That's the CMO. I'm the CMO of the company. I'm the CMO. Not to be confused with the chief marketing officer. No, (laughs) no, no. no. I don't know anything about that. That, Because that person actually has to do work. Oh, jeez. Software developers up 26% at $103,000 a year. That's always been a good job. Always been a good job. Health specialist Teachers up 23% at $97,000 a year. Again, I don't know where these people are teaching that they earn that much money. I mean, the health teacher was like the gym teacher, basically, you know. 
I mean, they told yeah, you I'm, to like. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a, a book, Food Fix, uh-huh. which is it's it's entertaining but also depressing about how the food system is slowly killing all of us and how uh, overweight and out of shape we are collectively <laughs> as a nation. Excellent, excellent. I don't so even... I, I would say a health specialist teacher would that be like you know someone to like come in and figure out like healthy you know exercise maybe a company would hire them as like a wellness person you know that's big now yeah that's big now yeah but it says teacher though well yeah i mean i assume or trainer or something like that like we have a wellness person in my school district now and they have classes and things like that that they invite us to go to i don't know if anybody goes to them speaking of which i drive by a crossfit uh every day on my way to work and crossfit has always struck me as sort of like a bit too hardcore for my taste this one's called right right this is called crossfit torque and they have a sign outside torque yes torque not just cross but we're gonna torque this one up like (laughs) who came up with torque and their signs that they change it every so often it says when life knocks you down, do a burpee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When life knocks me down, I lie down on the carpet and wait for the <laughs> trouble to pass. Yeah. That's what I do. You, you wait for someone to come pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, if I can manage to drag a bag of potato chips down with me, <laughs> that's exactly what I do. Um, you just got to wait it out. Yeah. When, when life knocks you down, just wait, wait it, it out. out. Ride it out. You, you know what you do? You go into the living room, you take all the cushions off the sofa, get some blankets, you build yourself a fort, and you stay in there until it, it all. <laughs> remember that doing that when you were a kid? You take the. Yes. Yeah, get in yes. that fort. You'll be all protected. All right, folks. So um, if you're, you know, graduating from a program, you're thinking of going into a program, maybe you're thinking of switching careers. Um, those are things you might want to think about. Now, these are jobs you might not want to think about. These are the fastest shrinking jobs in 2020. Now, again, I, I there's a, this is always a double-edged sword for me because I think people should do what fulfills them. But you also have to pay the bills. Um, so, number one, and again, I don't think these are in any particular order. Uh, the postal service. This used to be a good Ooh. job to get. It had job security, decent pay. No college degree was needed. There were benefits. Um, you have benefits up the wazoo. I mean, you're working for the federal government. Uh, and it was a way for people who had no college education to move into the middle class. I have a friend whose stepfather worked for the postal service, and he and his wife had this beautiful house right near us. They bought, they sold it and bought a condo, but great house like you know they weren't i mean it it was like a really really nice house still there another family owns it but uh he did well for himself you know and um i don't think he went to college but from 2010 to 2020 those jobs uh, shrank by 26 percent more than any other field due to email the internet amazon etc so yeah, I mean that's a pretty. I mean the postal service is a pretty, pretty bad gig. Well, there's a. Uh, I don't know if it's still up, but for many years, 
where you take the Amtrak train out of South Station in Boston, there's the huge postal center, and they always have a banner up that says now hiring. So I, I think they just forgot to take it down. Some days I would not mind being a postal carrier walking around delivering mail. What's wrong with that? Yeah, you get an, you get an exercise. Pretty good. Um, number two, semiconductor processor. Uh, these are people who make microchips. Apparently, yeah, they're getting replaced by the robots. Robots are making more chips. Jobs are being sent overseas. Uh, so at least in America, um, those jobs are shrinking. Number three, desktop publisher. These are people who design books, newspaper layouts, and brochures. Again, a lot of these things are just being done online. People can design stuff on their laptops. Um, yeah, this is just the decline of, of print media. I mean, I don't. I mean, just look at myself. I don't. Um, I don't buy physical books. I read them on a Kindle or my iPhone. I don't. I don't buy magazines or newspapers. Everything is done online. I don't buy magazines or newspapers, but I still utilize the library. I buy used books sometimes. Sometimes I will, if it's something I really want to read, I'll order it from Amazon. But I, I don't do the Kindle or any of that. But, like, everybody's a graphic designer now. I mean, you can just go on your laptop and get any program yeah. and, you know, do it all yourself. It's pretty amazing. Like, I did the invitations for my brothers uh, <clears throat> when he got married. They had a party up here, and there was already a program on my laptop. I just printed them out and made copies, and they look fine, you know. Boom, done. And I think invitations now, like for weddings and stuff, like I don't know if people even send out paper invitations anymore if they just do it online. You know? Yes, I mean, some do. Some do. Yeah. But I would say like in 10 years, couples getting married, like the idea of sending out paper invitations is going to seem very, probably kind of socially irresponsible, you know, because of the paper involved and all that. Yeah, my, my younger cousin's getting married and they did a engagement party and that invitation was electronic, but the actual wedding invitation was like a regular paper one. Yeah, I'm sure there's still going to be some holdouts for a while, but... Well, you the know. the issue is, is there like you're dealing with some family members who are over sixty or seventy, and if you send out an electronic, yeah, they may not check it or, you know what I mean? Even have email, yeah. But again, yeah. like in ten or twenty years, you know, yeah, they'll they'll die out yeah. and then. Uh, strangely enough, floral designer. More people are buying loose flowers from the grocery store. They're not exactly going to a florist to get a... It's interesting. Yeah. I, I've noticed my supermarket, they have a, an amazing array of plants. And, and Home Depot has all kinds of stuff. So Tra Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah Trader no, it's Joe's. true. Yeah. Uh, farmers. The industry has become much more consolidated by the giant agri-corporations and... Uh, apparently for a small farmer, like the equipment and seeds have gotten so expensive that just to like get started requires a huge investment. And there's a pretty good chance that you're going to lose all that money. I mean, like a bad harvest or, you know. Well, there's happens. from this this book I'm reading, Food Fix, which is very good. Basically, um, you did a lot of research into this and farmers lose money like not a single farmer makes money. The government bails out the farmers. 
and that's how they make money. Like if the government wasn't involved in the equation, farmers would, I think it was, would lose about $1,800 a year. Or they'd have to make food more expensive. I think we get food very cheaply here, you know, because it is subsidized. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I don't they, know well, the economics. I mean, there's a, there's a whole dynamic. They're, you know, they're mon monoculture. They're buying seeds from Monsanto, Monsanto and Bayer. They're getting, uh, which I think, right, Bayer bought Monsanto. All these big agri companies now are owning the seeds and monoculture. It's a big freaking mess. I know there are be some... Like I was hearing about a guy in Western Massachusetts who became a pig farmer. He like worked at a job he hated, you know, kind of stereotypical office job. And um, I'm not sure he does. Like I know there are some places they bring their stuff like to the farmers markets and things like that. They're kind of small farm. I mean, I don't even think you could call it a farm. They like have a garden, probably like a big garden. And I mean, I, I guess he made a living off of it, but. They're in kind of a niche thing. I mean, I, I don't know about buying like a thousand acres and trying to make a go of that or, or 5,000 well, acres or whatever. This, this book is saying that regenerative farming, which is um, the natural life cycle and organic farming, and there is a way to make a living. If you're in the, um, if you're a tra traditional farmer <clears throat> under the nose of agri, business it's very very difficult to make a living but there is these these niche like you know where the animals fertilize uh the land and the yeah. crops grow it's like this the cycle where people are paying more for that and a, a regenerative farmer could actually make a, a decent living he uses a, a an example of a guy i think in wyoming who has like a thousand acres and he's making 20 times the income of what his next door neighbor is making. Wow. Yeah. So this, I guess there's a way to make money at it. Uh, I remember just as a side note, uh, hearing about or reading that people in North Korea were getting these parasites because they were fertilizing the fields themselves. Meaning oh. they were using human fertilizer, which you're Jeez. not supposed to do. That's not good for you to be, you know, eating your own waste, shall we say. Anywho, uh, number six was reporter. Um, the industry's undergone just massive shifts. You know, like uh, I interviewed Daniel Garrett some time ago, who's a reporter for the BBC, and he just said um, that, you know, it, maybe there were three people out before on a story. Now there's one. Like it's him with his smartphone taking the video yeah, and they're expecting that reporter to write the story shoot the video right. do the audio you know yeah. a full thing do the whole thing and I, I you know like a lot of the local news is just some yokel sending in a video <laughs> of a traffic jam. local news is unwatchable oh, it's it's funny it is very funny it's really funny Every time you turn it on, they're all giggling about something. They're all laughing it up. It's just I, I don't, I don't watch it. But I was, I think I was at a doctor's office or dentist's office. The weather comes on, and I am not making this up. The weather reporter was a woman, and her name was or is Amy Freeze. <laughs> I wonder Freeze. if that's her real name. 
Oh, it's definitely not her real name. She changed her last name to Freeze. <laughs> hey, you need Good some God. pizzazz. You need a little And the jokes, snap. like yeah, the, the jokes, the weather jokes. Oh, and the, Jesus, Oh, God, kill me now. Uh, number seven, fishing worker fell by 6%. Uh, very hard, very dangerous job. A lot more commercial fisheries, more automated canning. I guess as kind of a romantic adventure, young men generally would go up to like Alaska and get jobs doing this. But it's really hard. I mean, I guess it's very, very dangerous. Oh, I remember uh, when I was in college, I was thinking about it. It was $10,000 for six weeks. Didn't I feel like I know somebody who went up there and at least tried to do it or maybe did it. It's a brutal existence. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can get maimed pretty easily. Uh, number eight is a jeweler. Most jewelry is made overseas. There is a small niche for like handmade jewelry that's very, very expensive, but that's a very, very small market. I've, I've seen a lot of jewelry uh, places closed by me. A lot. Yeah, I guess maybe people aren't... I think it's like, on you know, like Blue Nile and Amazon. I don't know, Amazon's... Uh, selling jewelry. I think it's just a tough business. Yeah, yeah. Probably your profit margins are really, really small. And trying to find people who specialize in that is probably pretty challenging, too. I th- I, know, I think the margins are good. I just think that it's, you know, you buy, you know, how frequently are you buying jewelry? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's, I think that's the problem. I think there's also been kind of a reaction against the whole diamond industry. Like people don't want to buy blood diamonds anymore. And, right. Right. And all right. That. And uh, the last one I'll mention here is a printing worker. Online publication is killing this. So people used to work in a, a factory that would pump out books, you know, that, I mean, book binders, that kind of thing. You're still going to have people like me who like to buy books, although I'm not into rare books and things. But there are people who are into that as a craft, book binding and, and things like that. But that's, people just aren't that interested. Yeah, that's, in that's dead. First of all, I mean, how many people actually sit down and read a book? Like, will actually read the entire Jesus. book. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. When I go to Barnes & Noble, there's always kind of a crowd there. I find that kind of interesting because, like, yeah, but there's there are so few Barnes and Nobles now. I guess, yeah, I know. I um, I mean, I like going in there, and I now, I like Michael Conley. He's like a crime, crime fiction. Good, you know, just kind of easy reads. But to buy a hardcover Michael Conley book is like thirty dollars. And I generally read it in about two days. So I'm like, I'm not going to spend 30 bucks on this. So I do get them at the library. They usually come in and they're like 50 cents or a dollar. So it's like, I'll grab anything for a buck. But Barnes & Noble, I rarely buy anything new unless, again, I really want it. And if I really want it, I can usually find it for cheaper on Amazon, like used or something like that. So... Um, yeah, that's that's why Amazon's putting everyone out of business. I know, I know, and we're all participating. All right, folks, well, uh, thanks for listening to that. And, you know, just a little food for thought when you're considering a career. I mean, hey, if you want to do ceramics or you want to do something that's not going to make you a lot of money, 
Like, I really hate it when people say, like, oh, there's not a lot of money in that. It's like, why don't you shut that F up? Uh, I mean, like, listen, you know. if you, like, if you, Matt, if you had a student that came to you that was passionate about uh, dream catchers and they wanted to make handmade dream catchers, what, what, what advice would you give to them? Do it. Go for it. <laughs> huh? That's, all, all in. All go in. for it. I would say, look. Uh, Oprah Winfrey actually had a good quote about this. Do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Like, you want to make dream catchers. See, I think, like, if you want to be a writer and you're not published, then you have to write on weekends when other people are having You have to write all the time. You have to write at night. You know, you have to pick your spots, you know. And, I mean, I don't do it enough, but, like, I try to pick my spots. That way you know if you want to do it or you don't. I mean, if you want to sit down after work and watch TV and, and all that, I do that, you know, very frequently. But I do make time to write. So if she wants to make dream catchers or, or someone else wants to do ceramics, I'd say, okay. But, you know, you get home from work at 5 o'clock, then are you going to spend maybe 6 to 7 at least working at it for an hour? You know, or not. So... I mean, it's easy if you have a trust fund. You can just sit around and do whatever. But I, I think if you have to work a job, a day job, that does give you the discipline. You know the guy who did Dilbert? I don't remember yes. his name. He used to get up. Uh, worked... It's uh, Adams, right? Scott Adams. Scott, Ad- Scott Adams. Okay. He, um, you know, I just read a little something about him one time. He worked, I think, at an ad agency. It was one of those, it, w- it was basically Dilbert. Like, he worked at that type of office. And he used to get up at four in the morning and uh, he would like do his comics for an hour before he went to work. And that's what he did. Like John Grisham would be working. He'd be at the courthouse like when he was a lawyer before he got published and he'd be making notes in between like waiting for cases right. to go. So, you know, you, right. I, I think if you just do something towards what you want to do, you just feel better. Like at least if you write one short story a week or something like that or one a month yeah set set a goal and stick to it yeah and it's got to be a realistic goal uh if you want to be a poet you know i i mean people do make money at poetry they do sell books and make a lot but you know usually i find people who say oh there's not a lot of money in that or how you gonna they're miserable people and they want you to be miserable as well yep you know yep because they've chosen steer, steer close, steer clear of that misery. Exactly, exactly. That's infectious. You can catch that. Exactly. It's e- more easily than the coronavirus, and I would say it's even more harmful to you. I would agree. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, tune in whenever you get a chance. Put us on. Maybe you're driving to work and need a little pep in your step. Maybe you're listen. running. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're, you're power walking with the dogs. Maybe you're lying on the floor after a long day of work and you can barely move. You could put us on your phone and just rest it on your stomach and lie there. And listen yeah, to if it. you if you no uh, if you're on the floor and the sheer weight of your depression can't lift you up off the floor, maybe John and Maddie K can. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? A little bit of a little bit of working enlightenment. That's right. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back at you real soon. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app. 
the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.